WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM The Impact East Lansing's movie alternative. And for the next hour, it's all talk radio and it's all about movies. If you love movies, what am I saying? Of course you love movies. This is the show for you. For the next hour, we're just going to be talking about movies. So if there's anything you want to talk about movie-related, give us a call. Phone lines are always open at area code 517-432-3893. Once again, that number is 432-3893. Give us a call if you have any questions, concerns, comments. You want to talk about anything in particular, give us a call. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on the Impact Exposure. My name is Brad Brooks. Thank you for joining us. we got an excellent show tonight. First, let me introduce the... Wonderful panelists who are with me as always. Uh, we have to my side the doubter, Alex Dowd. Doubter, how you doing? I'm good. How do you like the new nickname? I, I love it, Brad. Good, good. I love it. It'll stick with you forever. Great, excellent. Good to have you on. My right hand man, the Reverend. Reverend, how you doing? Good. Always oh, good to see you. You're looking good. Yeah. All right. I try. Hey. <laughs> He's delicious. And the Keister, Andy Keist. How you doing, Andy? I am superb, Brad. Excellent. Thank you very much. Excellent. We have an excellent show tonight for you. Uh, a couple things coming up. We've got some Reverend's news in just a little bit. We're going to do some reviews and previews. We're going to be talking about, of course, uh, Spider-Man 2, as we've affectionately uh, referred to it now off-air as SM2. Yes. Uh, which came out yesterday, so we're going to be talking about that. Also, the big money... Uh, the big box office champ of last week, Fahrenheit 9-11, the uh, local boy Michael Moore once again does good. Uh, well, to a degree, it depends on what your definition of does good for uh, Michigan is. But he's at a new documentary out. This one is about how he hates President Bush. And we'll let you know how we felt about that. Well, everyone else will. I didn't see it. But uh, that's, uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. Plus, we'll be uh, previewing uh, what's out in the theaters. Uh, one other movie other than Spider-Man. And maybe we'll get to rentals and other things Galore, plus an excellent topic tonight. I'll just give you the topic, Stu. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the topic is, in honor of comic book movies, you get to make a comic book movie. What do you make? Do you pick a prequel to a movie that's already been made? Do you want to do another Batman sequel? Because you love the Joel Schumachers just so much, Reverend. Uh, (laughs) What do you want to do? Do you want to make a comic book movie about a comic book hero that has never had a movie before? Or one that doesn't actually exist and only exists in your mind? That's what we're talking about. You get to create a movie that's about a superhero, a comic book hero. What movie are you making? That's our topic tonight. So give us a call throughout the show for that. But let's start off with the Reverend's news. Yes. Reverend. All right. I got a few little bits here for you. The Tasty nuggets. T- tasty nuggets for the listeners. Excellent. Um, if you've seen an IMAX movie in the last six months or so, you may have seen the preview for Catwoman on the IMAX uh, prepare to be disappointed, fans of Halle Berry, because they're not actually releasing Catwoman on the IMAX. Oh, man! <laughs> I, I already pre-purchased my tickets. Right. <laughs> yep, you're going to have to sell them back. Um, the, uh, yeah, they, the Warner Brothers, the official word is that... That movie's going to suck, well, so... They're, what they're saying <laughs> oh, okay. is the movie is behind schedule, which it is, yes. and like they're barely going to have it ready for release, and you need to have... Some degree of time between, you know, getting the movie done and getting it transferred to IMAX. Because so, IMAX is huge. Right. It's a huge transfer. 
Right. They got to blow it up. Right. It's gonna, right. It takes, I don't know exactly, but at least a couple weeks yeah. you know, to get done. And Warner Brothers, I think their, their new policy now is they want to release the IMAX and the regular version on the same day. All right. So they're saying, no, we're not going to release it. Double your it. pleasure, double your fun. Yeah. I think All right. possibly a reason might be because they realize they're not going to make any money from that. But um, yeah. It's just a thought. You would think, you would think Halle Berry, <laughs> you know, she, she wins the Academy Award. She's still a bankable actress. She's still a popular actress, mm-hmm. meaning that she's not like, um, you know, some you know art uh, independent film actress who n- most of the public doesn't know. She's well known throughout the land. Yeah, and a lot of people were behind her when she won the Academy Award. What's the first thing you would do if you won an Academy Award, Phil? Catwoman. Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. Be a sassy uh, heroine for the for the girls. Girl power. I'm and then, saying. Then script. What script? Let's just <laughs> no. start filming. Just let's yeah. just shoot this. Let's just shoot this mother. Yeah. Uh, and the costume for Catwoman. Ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, you need to find it somewhere. That's all I have to say. It's ridiculous. Now yeah. I can understand why they wanted. You know, first of all, this movie's not even the Batman lore. She just happens to be a, a Catwoman. Right. You know, not an actual woman who's a cat, but has Catwoman's abilities. Right. She's not Selena Kyle. She's you know doesn't mess around with Bruce Wayne, Batman. You know, there's none of that. Right, it's not in Gotham. Yeah, so what's the point? Yeah, it's lame. it's it's gonna be lame. It's gonna uh, suck. It could be like a camp classic, though. I mean, depending how how ridiculous it is, I don't know. It might just end up being lame. But... I think it's just gonna be a really bad movie. <laughs> it's just gonna be a really bad movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. But All right. Uh, but on the good side of things, um, they are talking about doing uh, Spider Man Two on the IMAX, which, which we're reviewing later. But um, so not to get into that movie, but. You know, it's it's certainly better than having Catwoman on the IMAX. I think yeah. I think more people would go see that probably. Though. All right, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, um, another little bit. This is all going with our topic. I got a bunch of a lot of superhero stuff here. Um, Michael Bay, uh, there is talking about taking over as director on Superman, which I was all talking right. about last week. Uh, Mick G uh, apparently has dropped out, which is another. Oh, another in the long we, we were talking directors. about this. Yeah, we saw Superman project is in what we like to call developmental hell. Yeah, it can't go anywhere. Probably should be purgatory, but I guess. Right. But we're sticking with that. It's been there for years, and this is the newest step. I think the Warner Brothers really does want to get this made. I mean, they're sick of like they've spent millions and millions of dollars on nothing. On, on nothing. I mean, on pre-production, on like sets that were never used, on all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, Michael Bay. I mean, it's... Eh, if you enjoy Pearl Harbor. I'll, I'll, I'll call it a step up. I'm not a really a fan I, of Michael I, Bay. I will but. say, at least Michael Bay, at least, <laughs> you know, love him or hate him, is a director. Yeah. He, he knows. He at least knows how to shoot some things. You know, his style is horrible. Right. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's, it's got the imprint of Jerry Brockheimer right. uh, on all of his stuff. Because Jerry Brockheimer is the only producer in the world that actually puts a stamp on the film that's more imposing than the actual director. But McGee... If you've seen if you've seen Charlie's Angels one, you're thinking, hey, that's kind of cute. It's just like every music video I've seen in the last twenty years wrapped into one. That's kind of nice. But when you see Charlie's Angels two, it just makes you want to be sick. Yeah, it's just he takes it too far. I don't. He's nothing more than a video director. Yeah, we don't need him making big, uh, big budget films, especially of a an you know of an icon. Yeah, Spider Man, of Superman. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'd rather have like an awesome original director do it but i i'm definitely glad it's not mcg i'm almost yes. like anyone but mcg would <laughs> his, be good. his name is mcg <laughs> need i say more <laughs> no all right um also here's an interesting little bit another 
another movie in development hell, uh, King Conan. The uh, the it's actually like the third Conan the Barbarian movie, but it's really like the sequel to the original movie because um, Conan the Dr- Destroyer is kind of dumb. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they uh, we're trying to ignore that one. John Melius, who wrote and directed the first film, is doing this one. He wrote a script and he's been trying to direct it. They've been working on it for like the last few years. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger apparently wrote a letter to John Melius telling him to wait to hold off on the project because because Arnold wants to come back to that role. I'm too busy running the government. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly Something like that. The uh, the governor I guess wants to return to uh, to Conan, which I'm I'm really happy about because I'm like I love Conan the Barbarian, so I. I want it to be perfect. You have to have Arnold. You have to have Arnold. Yeah. I will. I agree with you. I mean, he can do his governor thing. That's fine. On the side. As long as he comes back and plays Conan. Is he then not going to run for a, the uh, in the gubernatorial race then? Is I he, he going to step away from that to do King Conan and Terminator 4? I think the kind of buzz, I mean, and, and people say things, so who, the, who knows, you know, but I think the kind of the talk is that he's only going to do one term. All right. Yeah. So It's I only mean, a part term because yeah. it's... Yeah, exactly. He's finishing off what Gray Davis had. Right, so. right, right. It's not really as funny the second time around either. No. Yeah. <laughs> the joke is worn off. Right, exactly. But I'll let you know, his, <laughs> his reviews as a governor, mm-hmm. much better than his reviews as an actor. So <laughs> maybe he's found a better line of work. I'm just saying. All right. What else you got for me, Reverend? Uh, well, one last little bit here is... Um, I feel like, well, there's a movie, there's a comic book that's being turned into a film or being developed as a film called uh, Alistair Arcane. And I'm going to talk about that, that's that movie, and also some other ones, because that is based on a comic by a writer named Steve Niles. And I don't think I've mentioned him on the this, this show before, but he's written a number of comics just in the last couple of years. He's kind of popped up, and every one of the comics he's written has been bought up by different studios. Big big guy right now. Yeah. The the first one uh was Thirty Days of Night, which um is about vampires who take over this town in Alaska. During There's, the during the winter when there's no sun. Yeah. And uh that got bought up by Sam Raimi like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. or two years ago. And uh since then he's he always has these horror themed comics that are supposedly really cool. I don't know. I've I, I read Thirty Days of Night, which I enjoyed. Um, and he's, he wrote one called Hyde, which is based on Jekyll and Hyde and one called Wake the Dead. And this new one, Alistair Arcane is about a, the title character is this horror show host, this cheesy horror show host. And, uh, the, um, the parents of like some, you know, child protection group, uh, petitioned the, the, the TV station and in, you know, Oklahoma, wherever this is and, uh, get them off the air. And then after that happens, he uh, like basically demons and stuff start coming, <laughs> coming to life. Like he he actually is like some uh, evil wizard or something. And uh, I thought that sounded kind of fun. Sounds kind of <laughs> cute. Know? Like All right. the concept is cute. And his stuff, yeah, as you said, hot properties right now. Everyone's picking everything. He, you, everything he writes is gold. You read Three Days a Night. I read Three Days a Night. Very cool vampire story. Um, somewhat original. Yeah, you know it's hard to do with a vampire story. Right. A lot of fun. Uh, the art's excellent and the stories. Uh, Short and sweet and gets to it, and uh, Sam Raimi making a film like this would be perfect. Yeah. So, Steve Niles, huge guy right now. Exactly. All right. That's the Reverend's News. That's all I got. All right, you're listening to the Impact (laughs) Movie Chat here 
on 89FM, The Impact. Once again, that's The Impact Movie Chat. We're talking about movies, uh, so if there's anything you want to talk about, questions, concerns, comments, give us a call, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Let's move into our topic. Sounds good, guys? Sounds good. All right. Our talk for the night, and this is in honor of Spider-Man 2, SM2. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you, Keister. Uh, that's my cue. Thank you. Uh, we call it SM2 now uh, to make it easy. And it's it for the kids, you know? Um, but we're talking about comic book movies tonight, and we're gonna, everyone's going to get their chance to create their own comic book movie. And that's what you're going to do. You, you have your, give us a call with what comic book movie you'd love to make. Uh, it's a prequel, a sequel to anyone that's already been made. Uh, you know, if there's a comic book uh, character, superhero character that you love that doesn't have a movie, let us know. Let us know why you want to make that person, you know, uh, a movie for them. Hey, if there's a comic book character in your mind that you like to daydream about that you've created, let us know about them. We'll rock it out. We'll make the movie. So give us a call. It's a special comic book edition of the Impact Movie Chat. You get to make your comic movie. Give us a call once again. That number is four three two three eighty nine three. Four three two three eight nine three. Give us a call. Let's start it off. Let's go to Alex. Oh, all right. Um, okay. Uh, this is one that may be kind of obvious, I guess. That I think a lot of people have talked about. You know, why haven't we seen this movie yet? Um, you know, there's there's been four Batman movies so far. Yeah. You know, two by Tim Burton, two by Joel Schumacher. Two that were good. Two um, that were bad. Five if you count the. The one with the cast of the old TV show. We don't count that one. Okay. <laughs> and, but but uh, it's still fun nonetheless. But it that is. Isn't that... More fun than the Schumacher ones. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher Nolan's got another one coming out next summer. Starring but, Christian Bale. Uh, starring Christian Bale. With an amazing cast. Yes. yes. All right. Um, but the Batman movie that I would really like to see is Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Ah. I think that would make a phenomenal movie. I, I think that's... Just a great story, um, and I think that could be really cool. For people who don't know what Dark Knight Return is, can you kind of sum yeah. it up for them? Um, it's some years in the future. Uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman is considerably older. Um, he's basically retired as Batman, and Gotham has fallen under... Fall, basically, it's just crime, a wave of crime. You know, it's, it's, it's a, like a war zone, and he decides to come back... And um, this is a, a, a this is a much darker, much more uh, cynical Batman, I'll say. And it's um, brilliant. It is. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's one of the the top uh, books and graphic novels. If you're looking yeah. for a comic, you're looking for maybe the top three stories definitely told in the last twenty five years. Yeah, this I'm not is a comic nut, but I loved it. When yeah, I read it, so. it's brilliant. Yeah. So Batman. Dark Knight Returns. It's long though. It would be a problem. But I think. It, but I think you can get it. I you think can you do can it get now. Movie, I think. Yeah. 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 Two yeah. hours, give me two and a half. You'd mm-hmm. have enough time to get it done. It's gritty. It's raw. It's got to be rated R. Oh, yeah. There's definitely. no way you're cutting that. It's extremely harsh. Yeah. No, <laughs> there is no shucking and or jiving <laughs> no, in no, that film. None whatsoever. And it's excellent. So definitely, yeah. If you haven't heard about Dark Knight Returns, you may want to look that up. It's it's an excellent graphic novel and would make a very cool movie. Any Batman fan should check that out. Definitely, definitely. All right, excellent choice, Alex. And if you have a choice, if you're thinking, oh, I would love to make, uh, you know, that movie, you know, something about the Smurfs, I don't know, give us a call. <laughs> Phone lines are open, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. We're talking about comic movies. You want to create one, give us a call. Reverend, you are a comic book nerd. Yes. I am too. Let your freak flag fly. All right? Right, baby? Yes. You know it. Absolutely. All right. So you're a huge comic nerd. 
You gotta have a good juicy choice. Yes, I, I'll actually I'll cheat and throw out too. Do uh, it. Yes. Show um, Alex up. <laughs> okay. Well, I actually wrote a, a script, or I, I basically, well, I mean, I wrote a script, but Punisher. There's there's a Punisher movie in my head that hasn't been done. They've already done it twice, <laughs> but there's there's the Reverend's Punisher that. Would that would be, be a good title for it. Yeah, the exactly. Reverend the, Punisher. It's like M. Night Shyamalan, you yeah. know, big letters. Yeah. Reverend Punisher. Yeah. You'd be like McGee, just goes the Reverend. <laughs> right, right. Make everyone call you that at dinner parties. Okay. Classy. But, uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, I would like to do that. Uh, now, what Now, what did you like about the, what did you hate about the first Punisher, which is played by Dolph Lundgren? What did I hate about it? What, um, what makes that one bad? What makes the, the latest one, which came out this year, t- starring Thomas Jane... I didn't see it, but I'm pretty sure it's bad. Yeah. What makes those two movies suck and your movie awesome? The pros and cons, yes. or mostly cons. Um, the the first one was just way too low budget, and the casting was all wrong. Dolph Lundgren was horrible. Um, the Punisher lived in the sewer. Yeah. What? Okay. No. <laughs> it's it's it, the Ninja Turtle crazy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Put him in the sewer, man. That makes no sense. <laughs> um, the new one, uh, I thought like. I didn't like the whole concept of, or I don't know if it's necessarily bad, but they take way too long to get to the Punisher. It's like a half, he has like a half hour origin. And That's the like, worst thing of all time. Yeah, like my version would just cut straight to, he is the Punisher, you see his origin in flashbacks, and it's more about, you know, him, basically, as Punisher. Um, and just darker and harsher. I mean, the, both of those movies are kind of goofy, like... Even the new one was like an 80s action movie. Okay. <laughs> They're both 80s action movies. It needs to be harsh. Yeah. The Punisher is harsh. Yeah. And that there's no there's no doubt about that. More grim and gritty, basically. Okay. Um, right. And it, and you bring up a great point, the fact that it takes so long to get to his origin. Because that's kind of how... And this is with almost all films, which is a you know, superhero character or a, a hero character. Right. You have to either see his... You know, the movie is either... You know, the first part is their origin, getting to that point, or it's already... They're already there... As shown in flashback, and it's hit or miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the first Spider-Man thought was great. They, yeah. It's from the beginning. It, the first half of the movie is his origin. Learns about his powers, figures it out, and then he's good to go. He's Spider-Man. Yeah, done very well. Yeah, an instance in which it's not done well. It's a film that you'll barely be able to find ever if you can find it. Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fantastic Four. There is a Fantastic Four movie done by Roger Corman. It's about an hour and a half long. Takes. 45 minutes to get them to their powers. Not even like we're in the suits and we're doing, you know, our Fantastic Four thing. They find out about their powers. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes in. Horribly low budget. It's just a bad film. And, of course, Marvel hushed it up and you can only find it on bootlegs. Right. So, happy hunting. If, yeah, if, that's exactly. your, if, if you're into bad films like that. The, uh, Pros and cons. Right, exactly. The other, the other movie that I would like to do, and this is actually, strangely, a character I don't really know anything about, is... Uh, Green Lantern. Just because, and I know a little, I mean, I haven't read that much Green Lantern, but Green Lantern's just visually an awesome character. And I, and I love the idea of someone who gets this ring and he can pretty much make anything that he imagines out of it. And um, it's just really cool. I mean, I mostly, I mean, I mostly love the character just because the idea of, you know, some normal guy who gets this amazing powers and then what do you do with it? He's only limited by his imagination. And I think that would make for a really cool movie. 
huge, it would have to be like insanely budgeted, you know. Oh yeah, it would have to be like a hundred million dollars plus, but just on the special effects, right? Because he has a ring that does everything, right? You know, creates missiles, you know, turns into into a jet that he can fly in, right. does everything. The CGI effects alone would put the movie easily in the, the hundred million budget. Yeah, but and certain... of course it's got to be Tom Cruise as the Green Lantern, <laughs> which is what the studios would do. Right, so. some some. Loser, yeah. No, but I mean, like, yeah, like certain artists and writers who've written or worked on Green Lantern come up with really cool, fun ideas like, um, you know, like someone's shooting at Green Lantern and he'll he'll make a little bubble around himself to protect himself from the bullets and then he makes like a, a airline stewardess open a door for him in the back, you know, like, you know, just like goofy little things like that I think would be really fun for a movie. So Sounds great. All right. Excellent choices, Reverend. Keister. Yes. You get I'm giving you a hundred million dollars to make a comic book movie, superhero movie. One hundred million dollars. A hundred million. <laughs> one hundred million dollars. Oh well. What are you gonna make? I guess it depends on which one you green light first. Oh ooh. well. I am a I, I, I am a fan of Rachel Vice, as a lot of people know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my favorite role well, one of my favorite roles is uh she plays a librarian in uh, a movie called The Mummy. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. Which is I, set, I already know, which, but I like where set, you're going. Which is set in the 1930s. Now, the <laughs> character of Barbara Gordon, also known as Batgirl, is also a librarian. And I would cast her in my movie version of Batgirl. I think that would be very cute. Uh, set it, make it just uh, get like uh, Douglas Slocum to photograph it. Just make it look very vintage, very 1930s. And uh, do it that way. Just emulate those old... Just emulate the golden age of, of comics. The, the, the question is: Do you have do you have cameos by Batman in this, or is it just Batgirl? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Tough to that's, say. That's a tough that's decision tough because to if you yeah. make her, that could be the road, the slippery slope that you know Catwoman is. The new Catwoman movie is. Right. It's not set in the Batman universe. Right. If you set Batgirl away from it, I'm just going to tell you, Andy, it's going to be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, it has a but, cameo. Do a cameo. Uh, give me, do a cameo. He slides. <laughs> he he flies by her window. She's enraptured by him. She's like, I could do that because I'm a librarian, right, and I'm right. not making fun of librarians. I'm actually aspiring to be one. And am I? So is Andy. Yeah. Librarians, we're the future. We okay. rock. That's we the motto I just came up with. I'm sorry, it'll be. But uh, just, I mean. From a visual perspective, really, I mean, that's kind of uh, one way that I view comic book movies is that, you know, can you imagine what Gotham would look like in the, or looked like in the 1930s and 40s? That's the way Gotham is supposed to be forever. Very cool. Excellent. Yeah. you have any other choices? Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. I want a real movie version of Flash Gordon sometimes. And actually, back in the late 70s, George Lucas wanted originally to direct Flash Gordon, but couldn't get the rights, so he made Star Wars instead. So, or so that story goes. Aw, and uh, my version of the Punisher takes place in the 70s, and it opens in Vietnam, where he gets shell shocked and slowly goes mad. And if I if I had my dream budget, I'd have Paul Schrader write it, and Eric Bana would play Castle, and I don't know, Friedkin would direct it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Excellent, nice, something nice. well done. Yeah. I like it. Well done. Puts us all to shame. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact phone lines are open at 432. 3893. We're talking about comic movies in honor of SM2. Yes, Spider-Man 2. It came out yesterday. We're going to get to reviews on that in just a second. But if there's a comic movie that you've always wanted to th- wish they wouldn't make, but they never got around to it, let us know. If it's stewing in your head, let us know. That phone number is 432-3893. I, um, Bat- well, let's just do the Batman thing. Batman Year One, another Frank Miller story. It's the origin of Batman. Gritty, raw, great origin story. 
Uh, you know, I loved the uh, Tim Burton Batman origin, but not you know the the story that Frank Miller puts together even better. Great, that'd be great. Uh, there was an Orson, uh, the rumors a while ago that Orson Welles, uh, when he was alive, uh, he's dead, uh, had <laughs> thought of an idea of a Batman movie. That was just fake. It was you know it was bull. But uh, the idea of Orson Welles, you know, maybe in the fifties, making a Batman movie. It's awesome. Yeah. So I take my $100 million and I create a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> I go back in time and get Orson Welles to come with me. Well, just or stay there and make a Batman movie. I go back in time. I can watch it you know, on video. <laughs> Sound good? Those are great. We got a caller. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing great. I uh, just became a fan over the uh, summer. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a character called like Lobo. Lobo? Yeah. yeah. DC Comics. Yeah, and uh, you know he supposedly beat up Superman and everything. And yeah, supposedly. I, <laughs> he duplicates by blood. You know he can't be killed and everything. I think it would be great and have like one of those '80s you know directors like the guy who directed RoboCop mm-hmm. do it or even Total Recall. Cause I just love the ultra violence of the '80s. You know, uh-huh. and just the fun. And I the- I think you can be happy to find out that the director of Total Recall and RoboCop same person. Yeah. You saw, you're a huge Paul Verhoeven fan. <laughs> I, yeah, I, oh man, I guess I am a fan. You need to check out Starship Troopers. There you go. I, I love all those movies. Excellent. But Good I man. Just, I really would like to see uh, Lobo, and I, I'm a big dork probably for even knowing about Lobo. I don't know. Hey, there is nothing wrong with knowing about Lobo. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Anybody ever laughed at you? You say Brad Brooks said it's okay. And I will continue my love. Like, All right. Have you ever, have you ever read the, the, his thing, like Lobo's back, back? The, the, it's a huge comic book about him dying and coming back and going to heaven and destroying heaven and everything. Destroying heaven? <laughs> no, I didn't yeah. no, read that one. And then he, you know, he goes to hell and um, they kick him out. It's great. I think Demon, <laughs> Demon is in it. You ever heard of Demon? Yeah. Yep. He's in the, yeah, he's uh Anyway, that's about the extent of my. That's that's. Good. I think you need to start on a script. You gotta you gotta contact Warner Brothers. Say, hey, I'm gonna make your movie. Is, is, is the guy what's that uh, Dutch dude's name? The director, the uh, Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, is he uh, is he still alive? Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh man, that would, he might oh. do it, man. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven <laughs> will he'll rock you out. So if it's violent, he's there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for giving us a call. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. And one more. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Doing good. How you guys doing? We're doing great. One uh, comic book that I've just started reading, it's by uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra, Jose Marzen. It's called Why the Last Man. The, the uh, setup of the book is pretty good. It's uh, all the men on the planet, except for one, die. Mm-hmm. And this guy has to try to figure out why he's the last one and What's, what's it all about? But it's a great setup. It should be rated R, though. Lots of violence in it. Yeah. Sounds like the Omega Man, but maybe worse. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's, it it's, it's an interesting setup. Yeah. It's a huge comic right now. Uh, I don't read it myself, but I know people who do, and they love it. So that's a great choice. Uh, another one, it's, it's a book mostly, but it's probably been put in comic book form, and I leave Lucas out of it, but it's the other three books that take place after Return of the Jedi for Star Wars. So the, the Timothy Zahn trilogy with exactly. uh, the, their Admiral Thrawn uh, trilogy. Yes, exactly. yes, folks, 
I am a geek. Yeah, uh, Brad just took the cake. No, those there. those are actually oh. of all of yes, done. The torch has been passed. Um, those are actually not bad. The, but but the rest of the books uh, suck. So wait a minute, Timothy Don Zahn has done two other books beyond those three, called Spectre of the Past and Vision of the Future. So. Uh, there's some possibilities for later on. Poss- possibilities, but the geek I think now, I, I think I, I know. I think Lucas has uh, done enough to ruin Star Wars for us with the prequels. He doesn't need to have a chance to do it with a continuing story. But yeah, leave, leave him out. And put Timothy's on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great choices. Thanks for giving have us a call. Night. Take care. Give us a call four three two three eighty nine three. We're talking about comic book movies. If there's a comic book movie you want to make, let us know. No, four three two three eight nine three. Spider Man two. Let's talk about it. It rocked us all out, <laughs> or did it? Yes, it did. Yeah, it rocked us all out. It rocked us all out in one way, shape, or another. Um, we'll get to it. Uh, Spider Man two came out yesterday. Uh, made a boatload of money. Good for Spider Man two, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it reteams everyone. Uh, most of the writers. Um, uh, it's got Sam Raimi back as direction. All the principal actors are back. Adding a few new ones. Uh, Alfred Molina is the new villain. Doctor Otto Octavius, Doctor Octopus, Doc Ock to his friends, and I loved it. Pretty tight movie. Uh, definitely one of the best movies I've seen. It ranks up there easily with Harry Potter as the only probably two good movies I've seen all year. Well, sorry, Turtle Sunshine, Spotless Mind. That's it. This year sucked, but <laughs> especially this summer. But Spider Man Two. It's not just that you know. It was watchable. Thank you, Van Helsing, for lowering the standard for the summer. <laughs> this movie was excellent. Everything tied in together. The motifs were there. It really drew on the first film. And Raimi really just gets to have a great time in a lot of set pieces. But let's hear what the guys have to say about it. Alex, I'll let you start off. How did you feel about Spider-Man 2? Okay. Um, I agree with you, actually. Of course. I, I liked it a lot. Um, actually, in fact, uh, rocked me out would be the way I would describe the experience of seeing that this was movie. that it was Ebert. That's what out. Ebert said. Did He's it? like two thumbs up. Rocked me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it rocked me out. Um, I guess what I'm amazed about this sequel is not only that it 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 is better than the original, I think, but that it doesn't fall into the traps that most sequels do, which is uh, particularly action sequels, which is replace the elements that worked with just more action. You know, just pile on more action set pieces, more elaborate special effects. I was amazed at how, I don't want to say little action, there is action in the film, but how much less there was in this one than in the previous one. Um, I've been joking that this one could be called Peter Parker as much as it could be called Spider-Man 2. Because this really is about Peter Parker as much as it is about Spider-Man. And it's beautiful. That's what the, yes. that's, that's the heart of the comics. It's not just him flying around and having fun. He's got real problems. He's a loser. Yeah, he's a nerd who just can't get things to work out right for him because Spider-Man ruins everything for him. Yeah, because he has that responsibility. This uh, the movie really captured that. I think like I think the best thing that that the filmmakers did when making this movie is they got a good script before that before they just started shooting. You know, they actually got a good script together, a, a great story. Um, and although there is less action, I think the action in this one is a lot better than that in the first one. Um, I, I really like. Raimi's first Spider-Man movie, but I think that the weakest element of it may be the action in it. Um, I thought some of those scenes were a little sloppy. Um, Very noticeably CGI, I guess. And this one, the CGI scenes blew me away. All right. Um, Excellent. I guess my only complaint about the movie is that there isn't more of Molina. 
because Alfred Molina. He does. Plays, he does disappear for for spans, yeah, and he plays Doctor Octopus in the movie. And he's great. And uh, he's fantastic. And I think every time he's on screen, the movie just like lights up. And I, I wish there had been a little bit more of him. All right. And I think you're correct. I think Raimi's learned how to shoot the action a little more yeah. and allow room for the CGI excellent. Let's go Ooh. to Andy, the nice keister. Turn. We're saving the Reverend for last. So <laughs> Just because. Because he's the Reverend. He is. Okay. He's got the, he has the best nickname. Okay. <laughs> Done. Andy, how did you feel about SM2? I, I loved it very much. Um, yeah, I do agree with both of your reviews. Uh, I think the script was much tighter this, this way around. Uh, uh, an uncredited uh, input from Michael Chabon, who won a Pulitzer Prize for knowing about comic books and made that known. With Actually, his... he is credited. Well, he's credited, credited for the story, for the story, story not, not for the script. Okay. for the screenplay. Yeah. But, yeah. And uh, so, that, so yeah, that was nice. A uh, tighter script, uh, a better villain, really. I was much more impressed by Molina as Doc Ock than by Willem Dafoe. And I do he, like... He seems even more dangerous, exactly. if, that, if that's possible, than the Green Goblin. That's right. great. And he looks, I mean, he's such a, in real life as an actor, he's just such a pleasant looking guy and such a, you know, a really nice person in real life because I know him personally. No, that's <laughs> uh, and But he's, he's just so menacing in this and it's, uh, I thought that was great. And the, uh, I, I do like the first movie, however, not as much as this one. Uh, in the first film, you can kind of see the gears turning at times. Uh, the CGI isn't really integrated that well with some of the live action, that, uh, from what I saw anyway. But in this one, it's done much better, I think. It looks convincing. Uh, stuff uh, stuff is integrated seamlessly, all in broad daylight. And, uh, yeah, I was impressed by that. And also, um, again, not as much action as you might expect. And the characters actually engage in a lot of existential conversations about death and guilt and stuff like that. And I, I, I really liked that. I thought that was very cool. Um, and I would, and I would say, I know a lot of people avoid comic book movies and superhero movies as a rule because they, to them, it might seem kind of silly or cartoonish or corny or whatever. I think those people would really like this movie a lot because it brings, uh, it's a comic book movie and more just as, uh, my favorite comic book movie, Superman is, there's a lot of, uh, I, I might even say it's uh, inspiring in, in, uh, in a way. Well, I think you're right. It's a movie to make you feel better about yourself and others. There All right. Excellent review. Now, Reverend. Yes. I saved you for last. Yes. Because I remember when Spider-Man came out, it rocked your house. I correct. Was, I was freaking out about it. You loved it. Exactly. You, you watched it a million times. This, this is true. That's, that's an exaggeration. But, and it, if I can remember correctly, at the end of the year, that was your number one movie of the year. Or was it in your top three? It was top three top because three. E2 Mama and uh, Gangs of New York okay. were the same year. Close enough. They're all pretty much like tied. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're all they're all awesome. So a sequel has been made. Yes. Can it surpass the original? Does it surpass the original? How did you feel? I really liked this movie. I didn't love it as much as the first movie. I the first movie rocked me out. This didn't rock me out, but I do I do like it a lot. Okay. Um, the I thought uh, the I, it was and I'll, I guess so. You guys have said everything good, so I'll just say the cons then, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I do agree. Like you know the like well, I would say the cast is really good in this. Molina is awesome. Um, Molina Molina is really good. He's a cool villain. The thing is, the thing about that is, Doc Ock is like 
if I had to list like my favorite comic book villains, he'd he would definitely be in the top five. Like I, I really love Doc Ock. Character in this movie is not Doctor Octopus. I mean, it is it's pretty different from the comic. So I mean, in that sense, I didn't really. I was like, eh. you know, I wanted more of a, like a brilliant, you know, megalomaniacal villain kind of character, um, as opposed to you know tortured. You know, it's it was, he in this he was kind of like Doc Ock mixed with Venom, sort of, um, and also like the, uh, you know, he's and and Doctor Octopus. The thing about him too is he he keeps Spider Man away with his arms because he's he's a human being. You know, if you if you punched him, you know, if Spider Man actually got close enough to punch him, he would knock him out. You know, where it is in this, it's like Alfred Molina's little little harsher i guess he's like taking the punches and i was like hmm, i don't know about that but okay i mean it's a comic book movie i'll, I'll give it some leeway <laughs> um i i thought uh i'd say like the first hour of this i i loved this movie i was like you know the comedy bits like all the peter parker stuff was really good but i think i like my my little beef is that after that hour i wanted some more spider-man stuff and okay. I, I there was i mean the the action scenes they had were amazing. Like they were really cool. Like the, you know, the train part yeah. was awesome. Like yeah. that blew me away. But I mean, at, at, like there weren't that many action sequences, and I just wanted a little more. And I just think because the first movie, I think they did the balance between the the Parker stuff and the Spider Man stuff so well. I think this was a little more heavily Peter Parker. I would have liked a little more Spider-Man. But that being said, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good time. The action scenes were really cool. The the Parker stuff, I mean, the the comedy stuff was really funny, and there was some good, like, drama and emotion in it, too. Um, I guess the only other beef I can think of is I don't... But they brought on uh, one big difference is they brought on Bill Pope as uh, director of photography for this one, um, who has worked with Raimi before on Army of Darkness and Darkman, and he also shot the Matrix movies. Um, he definitely had a lot darker, like the photography was just darker, like it was very like grainy and and not grainy but like dark. Uh, I didn't like that as much as um, Dan Burgess uh, shot the first movie, who who who's worked with. Uh, Robert Zemeckis on a lot of films like Forrest Gump and Castaway. I liked the photography in the first film a little more just because I felt it was more like it felt more like real, like New York, you know, um, like you're actually walking down the streets in New York and then it goes into like comic book kind of feel. I thought that it balanced out a little better in that. And whereas this, I thought it was a little more jarring when it went from the human moments to the the superhero moments it was like it almost felt like it was a different movie all, all of a right. sudden like whenever doc Ock, Ock it's a little showed jarring up. For yeah you. okay um but yeah i like the movie <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still glad to hear you rocked you up Long I'm story still glad. Short. yeah well no that's that's we all gave you know rave reviews over it it's you got to bring it back to earth a little bit and but this is still a movie that we all loved and we yeah. all thought was still oh, pretty awesome easily one of my favorite movies of the year there so, you go yeah. so i mean it's i'm glad you threw out some of the cons but let's face it this movie rocked our house. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to bring something up. Uh, I was I, I saw this with a friend of mine, actually my old roommate, um, and he brought up a really interesting point that I've been thinking about that I don't know if I actually agree with, but I think is worth talking about. Um, that Tobey Maguire, um, you know, he's gotten a lot of praise for playing this character, and he thinks he 
did a really good job in the first film, but that in this one, something's missing. And I think the idea is that he nails the dramatic scenes pretty well as Parker, but he has none of the swagger of Spider-Man. That he doesn't bring any of this uh, this sort of fun... The, the cockiness of him, really, because there is a little bit to his character, you know, that, that bleeds over into both Peter Parker and Spider-Man, and that none of that... Um, Tobey Maguire doesn't convey any of that. Yeah. Really. I, I, I see definitely where you're coming from, and I, I actually would agree with you. He's great as, as Peter Parker. Spider-Man, one of the big things about Spider-Man is that throughout, in the comic, throughout his battle sequences, throughout his fights, he's still making jokes. Yeah. He's still making wisecracks. He mocks the villains. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and there's very little of that, to agree. In either movie, actually. And In both movies, especially a little more in the second one, and his delivery is not that great. It, yeah. it doesn't have enough... It should be a little cocky, but still have a very playful nature to it, and he's he's only got it halfway. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think well, I think that's that's partially Sam Raimi too. I think he just didn't want. Um, I think he actually said something about that. He just didn't want it to be as as jokey as the comic. I kind of miss that, but also at the same time, like the requisite one line, one joke line per movie that Tobey Maguire had w- was terrible both times like yeah. the first one it was like you are out gobby out of your mind yeah it's, it's like, like it's like not I mean, so he, much yeah and because so. spider-man is funny he's very good at the one-liners and the way they write him in the movie right. he's pretty he's just like he's, he seems like a nerd chat who's trying <laughs> and like he's like take that goblin Ugh. And like you know, it's not you gotta really. He sticks it to the goblin, you know. He's and he's funny and witty, but it, it's they try. I, yeah. It's hard to fault on that, but I think that's that is there. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact phone lines are open at four three two three eighty nine three. It's again four three two three eight nine three. We're talking about comic book movies. Talking about Spider Man Two. If you saw Spider Man Two and loved it, give us a call. If there's a comic book movie that you think needs to be made, superhero movie, give us a call. We have a caller on the line. Caller, thank you. You've been waiting patiently. You're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hey, guys. What's up? How you doing? Hey there. Um, question for you is, have you guys heard of a, a DC comic series called Preacher? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's what, if we could do the $100 million budget deal, by all means, that's what I want to see. I want to see God quit. I want to see Satan just walk out because he's terrified. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a long, it's a long story arc. What about fifty yes, some pages, fifty some books? Yeah, uh, but quite interesting, quite good, and that's that was one that they've been trying to get together. Yeah, but things have back fallen apart. You know, it's it, a lot of a lot of dream projects. You know, Cameron oh, yeah. Diaz and Ben Affleck, uh, <laughs> the world's sexiest man, uh, in it, and then that falls apart, and just it's a lot of hopes and prayers. But I don't. It's kind of rough material. Yeah, you want to talk harsh. Yeah. Like, if, if, if you want to make a movie of this, um, from what I've heard anyway, I haven't read too much of it, but it would have to be like NC-17, probably. Yeah. Easily. Oh, absolutely. Um, kind of on a related note, as I'm looking forward to seeing more footage from, uh, was it Constantine, with Keanu Reeves here at the end of the year. Have you hmm. seen anything on that? Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm not, I mean, I don't think it's going to be very, it isn't really even going to be the comic. So it's, it, oh, Keanu Reeves is now going to be John Constantine. Yeah. Last I knew it was Nick Cage. Uh, no, no, it's Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. They, they did film it. it. It's done. Oh, it's done. Is he British? No. Is he a magician? Yes, he is a magician. <laughs> oh, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know who would have been, you know, because Constantine, he's a, he's a mage, it's dark arts, everything. It's pretty cool, and he's a very... Uh, 
he's a very witty, harsh character. You know, very, yeah. but very cool. Yeah. Just definitely cool. Yeah. Is what you think. Uh, and would also be one that would be definitely rated R. But it's British. You know, yeah. the character's British. I think it's the heart of it. And uh, I was going to say, because Keanu Reeves does the worst British accent of all time. Yeah. Worse than He's me. not doing it as British. Oh, so. thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. But costume would be cool, too. Any other ones, caller? Uh, actually, the only other one is I wish, I, I really, really wish that McFarlane would give us a Spawn movie that doesn't suck. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't hold your breath on that one. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if that's going to happen. <laughs> right. Thanks for giving us a call. All right. Take care. We got another call on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How are you doing? Hi. Um, yeah, I had uh, what I think is a good idea for a movie. I don't think anybody's ever come up with it, but uh, Galacticus. Galacticus? Yeah, they, it was uh, it was a Marvel character. He uh, he just kind of rode around the universe and ate worlds. He's, oh, the, he's yeah. the world destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. The takes Silver on the Silver Surfer and the yeah. you know, Star Jammers and all that. But I'd like to see him as like a, like a kind of a King Kong, just like a misunderstood character <laughs> who destroys worlds. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't yeah. mean to destroy them, Reverend. He's yeah. just yeah. hungry. Yeah, he he's just yeah, he does. He's evil. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving us a call. Yeah. All right, take care. You're listening to Impact Movie Chat. Phone lines are open, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. If there's a comic book movie, superhero movie you always want to have made, you got a great idea, sequel, prequel, anything, made-up character, let us know. But let's first get to... Eh, we got another caller. Let's go to college. <laughs> college on the Impact Movie Chat, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great. You got an idea for a uh, comic book movie? Yes, and it, it goes well with the uh, theme for the night with uh, SM2. <laughs> Very nice. So, uh, first of all, i got to say that I saw the movie the other day, loved it. I love Spider-Man. Great. And uh, one thing I want to add to your guys' review is I really like all the little touches they throw in for comic book fans. Uh, Dr. Connors. Yep. Uh, Excellent. They mentioned Eddie Brock in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mr. Brock, I would love to see a Venom movie. Okay. Venom movie. And I'm hoping that they... Uh, they add Venom somehow into Spider-Man 3 or if they continue the franchise on down the line. He's such a huge character that it seems like they would include him somehow. But a very interesting character to have to explain. Yeah, it's like, how do you do... It can't be the same as the comic. Yeah, Venom is an alien symbiote. Like, it was a costume of Spider-Man that merges with Eddie Brock and then, you know, hilarity ensues, you know, as (laughs) as Carnage rampages... Yeah. So it's a very interesting character, but one of the key villains for Spider-Man. So yes, definitely. All right. And I, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with the villains for the third movie because it looks like they. Well, actually, I don't want to give the ending. Yeah. So I won't say anything, but I'll be interested to see what they do with that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one more idea, if I can throw this in. Sure. I love. I've been a huge Marvel comic book fan, and so I love all the movies they're doing. But I'd like to see some crossover movies. You know, there's always great stories where. Spider-Man runs into Wolverine or the entire X-Men or something like that, and I would love to see them kind of cross these movie franchises together and see what they get. Or at least, you know, if they exist in the same universe. Exactly. If, like, the two X-Men movies and the Spider-Man movies, you know, maybe not Blade, because they've definitely made sure Blade doesn't really involve any of the other ones. But that'd be great. That'd be kind of fun. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. All right. Excellent call. Thanks for going. Cool. Thanks a lot. All right. And, caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How are you doing? Hey. How are you? Doing Good. great. You have a choice of a comic? Well, to follow up on that last caller, it'd be great. You could get Venom and all the X, like Wolverine and all the characters come into the third one if you did the origin of uh, Venom. 
in his suit when they went on the Galactic Wars or whatever. But that's actual, a that's a little far fetched with the the Secret Wars in outer yeah. space. It's a little right. much. I think it's a little much for uh, the viewer to handle. What yeah. I would actually like to see, I, I would love to see Venom, no matter what, come in as a character or villain with Spider Man. But uh, I think a great movie would be uh, Martial Law. I don't know if you ever read any of that. Mills O'Neill, and he's uh, genetically engineered for the Third World War, and now he's a hero hunter after there's no war left to fight in peace on Earth. Hmm. So he goes after the former, you know, engineered warriors of World War Three. Interesting. Never heard of that. Yeah. Martial law. Interesting. Yeah, there's a graphic novel probably at the local shops now oh. that they're all collected, but it's a little bit older. It's probably eight, ten years ago. All right. There. Thanks for giving us a call. Yep. Take care. You'll listen to the Impact Movie Chat. One last thing we're going to cover. Uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 came out, and we don't want to pass over this, so we got a little bit of time. And last week, uh, we had the, one of the largest uh, releases for a documentary of all time. It's from Michael Moore. It's about the presidency. Um, and it came out. It was the number one movie of the week. Pretty amazing. Take that, white chicks. <laughs> um but everybody got to see it, except for myself. So we're going to start off, and we're still going to start with Keister. And just a short review of how you felt about it, whether politics or not, but right. it, how does this work as a movie? Okay. Okay. All righty. Let's take that at angle. I will say I enjoyed it very much as an unapologetic exercise of free speech. I, I like it very that. Much. Um, I'm not a Democrat myself, but I am a liberal. and Crazy liberal. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to – I'll say – it does precisely what it sets out to do, and that's to get you angry at the Bush administration. And uh, despite uh, criticisms that Michael Moore is unpatriotic, I think he's being very patriotic, personally, with this movie, by saying, yeah, he does like this country, in fact, and he's really upset about what's happened. Yeah. Without going into too much detail. But yes, I did enjoy it very much. Excellent. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Reverend. Yeah. You saw it. How did you feel about it as a film? Uh, I thought it was cute. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't. I I did not like Bowling for Columbine, so I was going into this like, eh, am I gonna like this? Because I like older, more stuff. I didn't like Bowling for Columbine that much, but this I thought was much more straightforward, straight to the point than Bowling for Columbine, which I liked. And um, I just think it was, you know, yeah, it's it's what I totally agree with what Andy said. It's like a great exercise of free speech i mean and i really respect something i really admire about directors is there's a word that i can't use on the air but i'll just say if they have guts you know cojones yeah exactly if they if they really say and do what they want to say and that's i always appreciate that so i liked it on that level and i also didn't think it was too abrasive or it wasn't as abrasive or rambling as Bowling for Columbine, so I enjoyed it a lot more, uh-huh. just as a movie. Excellent. And you know who also has guts? Who's that? Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. <laughs> that exactly. guy's got guts. Exactly. I'm coming a big out, fan. Coming out as well as Zoo. Doubter, Alex. Okay. Um, How'd you feel about it? I, I enjoyed it, too. Um, actually, enjoyed might be the wrong word for this movie for me. Um, I think this movie really actually put me in a bad mood <laughs> after watching it. It was just... It, there's some stuff in it that I actually found deeply disturbing. Um, this is not the Michael Moore of, say, Roger and me. I mean, he's he's definitely tackled serious tub- subjects in the past, but he's I don't think he's kidding around too much with this one. 
Um, the gloves are off. The gloves are off. Yes, and this uh, there's much less humor in in this one, I think. And I think the guys are right in saying that this is um, a lot more straightforward than some of his other stuff. Certainly, the bowling for Columbine. He's got a lot better focus this time around. Um, it's difficult for me to separate my my politics and my appreciation of the film, but uh, I'll just say that. I'll, I'll just say I agree with you guys pretty much that this this is a great piece of um, he's exercising his propaganda. Yeah, it, yeah. It is, it is as, as we as we previewed it last week, yeah. Michael Moore makes liberal propaganda. Yes. I will admit I'm a liberal, so I should lap it up. But when I watch his movies, I'm sickened by them. I'm like, oh <laughs> man, okay. it's 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 too much. Right. And so that that's what might happen here. I'm I'm very interested. I'm going to see this movie. I will be in there as soon as possible. Okay. So, but but I think at least what this film is, and I think Andy hit it right on the head, is that it's it, it's an exercise of free speech. This is the film he wanted to have made. He was going to make it his way, and you know, it sounds like he's at least put it, you know, maybe matured as a as a filmmaker by actually getting to the story, getting to the, yeah. the gist of it, not meandering like he did maybe in Bowling for Columbine. Right. But at least this film, you know, however you may feel, at least will open up dialogue. Yeah. Yes. Between people. Yeah. You know, if you see this with someone who's a conservative and someone who's a liberal, they can at least discuss this and, and bring it out there. Right. So, and as we mentioned last week uh, when we were talking about films, that it's it's good if a director wants to make something that has a message or that wants to spark a debate or, you know, not necessarily enlighten, but try to make you think about something differently. That's that's a great, that's where film is art. Yeah. That's where film does something magical, where it's not just, hey, you know, I, I enjoyed myself for two hours, where it tries to make you think and maybe, you know. You know, open your mind to this. Now, you may see this and just think of it as liberal garbage, but at least it's getting your mind open. It's making you think about things, and so that's good. When was the last time, too? I mean, by memory, that a uh, documentary opened as well. So this, you said that this is one of the highest grossing, at least for a start. It's, I think this may be the highest. It's, I mean, it's or it was in the most theaters. It was the widest release of any documentary of all time. It yeah. was in about eight hundred and eighty-five theaters, which is quite a bit. They were shooting for a thousand. But that would be quite a bit for like an art film. Yeah. Like, you know, these independent films that are in those really small theaters. Spider-Man, to give you an idea, came out in over 4,000 theaters yesterday. I mean, and that's what a big movie does. An average movie is 2,500, 3,000 if it's a big movie. This was an 800, you know, little over, almost 900 theaters. Took in over $20 million. Yeah. Biggest movie of the week. It's it's easily made all its money back. And it's going to be, I would imagine, one of the highest grossing, if not the highest grossing. If it's not already documentaries of all time i think that's really exciting actually yeah. that people are going to see in droves um regardless of why they're seeing it. they might just be seeing it because of the controversy surrounding it i don't i don't care i think it's good that people are seeing for once are going to see a documentary whether you consider his, his films a documentary yeah. or not but 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 at least seeing a film not for just pure entertainment yes but seeing a film that might make them think or at least maybe change their opinion on something or at least make them judge their opinion on something yeah which is always good yeah. That's what this country is about, correct? Yes. Mm. Yay, free speech. <laughs> yes. Yay, free speech. I've said it. So, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. Uh, we'll be rocking out and leaving in just a little bit. I know. It's, it's a sad thing. The basement is up next. Tommy's here. He's going to rock you out hardcore with the best local music you can find. I love local music. Reverend, you like local music? Sure. Alan, 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 Alan Doubter? Sorry, I got tongue-tied there. Between, right. I love local music. You love local music. <laughs> Everyone lo- loves local music. The basement is coming up in just a little bit. It's the best. You have to love it. Um, I had another choice since we're talking about comic book movies, and we're going to pull away from nine, F- Fahrenheit 9-11. It was in the theaters. I'm going to bring up my choice because I think it kind of ties the two 
together. A comic movie I'm surprised that hasn't been made, especially in a post-September 11th society, is Captain America. Yeah, I knew where you were going as soon as you mentioned <laughs> yes. that. Captain America. Um, scrawny little kid during World War II, gets a special super soldier serum, becomes the ultimate fighting hero for the United States. Gets, becomes a man lost in time, eventually you know, frozen in a block of ice, thought out in the 70s, hey, what's going on? But he fights for America. He's an emblem of the United States. Very, the, the ultimate patriotic symbol in the world of comics. Right. I'm surprised that no one has gotten off their duff to get this movie made. I imagine Marvel has probably wanted to stay away from it because it is a sensitive subject. You know, who is Captain America going to fight? Exactly what, ver- you know, there's some, a lot of people have a different version of what this country is about. You know, what exactly is that unifying vision of, of Captain America? You know, who plays him? Yeah. Things like that. Very interesting subject. But it's a character, I mean, and this is just to give you an idea, after September 11th, mm-hmm. the, a lot of the comic book companies, at least Marvel, decide to incorporate the events of September 11th into their books. Uh, most famously in a, in a Spider-Man issue. But uh, Captain America took it at heart too, and which he began to fight terrorists. Mm-hmm. Very interesting story arc in which he did. Very interesting times. I think Captain America would be an interesting subject. I'm surprised that no one has made it. So are you are you saying you want it to be made, or just... I, I'm saying this is I I guess I wouldn't I would like here's what I would like I would like <laughs> a Captain America movie, but pre September 11th. Okay. I I would I like the ca- character of Captain America a lot. You know I really enjoy the character, but I think now it's going to be kind of it would be clouded and be tough. You know to see would he you know just would he be you know a puppet to the government? Would he just how would he really act out? And when what time period? It'd so be, and because it's basically who are his villains, and if those are his, his enemies, you know, yeah. what does that say about foreign policy? It's a very it's a very hard movie to make. I think a lot of it is because it has a huge potential to be lame. Mm-hmm. You know, because, very much so. And I think I I mean when I was a little kid, I thought Captain America was lame. Now I think he's awesome. Like reading some Captain America comics, I'm a huge fan. Pretty and, cool. But, but as a movie. It'd be really hard to do, and not, not and not make it lame. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So that's and that's to tie them all together. All right, we're about to wrap it up. I have a video pick of the week. I'm gonna throw out there at the last. All second. right, here you go. Very quickly, we mentioned I mentioned it earlier, and this is talking about where comic book movies go bad. Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. <laughs> now this is a video pick of the week, but I'll let you know this was never released in the theaters, and it's not available on video. So. <laughs> If you're a diehard fan who every week rents our video pick of the week, sorry about your luck. But if you can get your hands on it, uh, unfortunately, uh, through means that are unsavory, um, and I'm not recommending you do that, but I have seen this movie. Roger Corman's Fantastic Four is everything wrong with a comic book movie. (laughs) Hour and a half movie, 45 minutes to get to the origin. Just to get their powers. The cheesy special effects, everything looks horrible, bad acting, bad script. Everything that's wrong, this movie's a train wreck. Everything that's wrong and low budget and bad about comic book movies. This is this is the kind of movie that in '95, you know, this is the kind of movie that that Batman had to overtake the idea of what a comic book movie. This is what he would have against him. Movies like this, bad bad films, Fantastic Four. It's a movie so bad you have to love it. It's it's in the lore. It's horrible. Well, that's your video pick of the week. Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. It's never been released. Not out on video. Good All much. right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up right there. All right. Excellent show, fellas. I want to thank uh, Alex, the doubter, the Reverend, Andy, the keister. I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for checking us out. 
We'll be on uh, next week. Hey, same bat time, same bat channel. Stick around. The Basement's up next. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.